Hello, Slate Plus. How are you? Someone said, someone had some tweeted at me that I was, I sounded like I was trying to pick people up when I said hello, Slate Plus. Hey, Slate Plus. Hey. Hey. If that's what it takes to make Slate an economically prosperous entity and, and, uh, please the audience of Slate, I will do it. You're sure this was a selling point? I don't know. If it was <laughs> I think it was just the, my kind of my FM radio voice that people were saying. Yeah. It was a little bit too FM radio in that moment. Anyway, hello, Slate Plus. How are you? So we didn't have time in the regular show to talk about <laughs> just one of the really super bananas things that happened in this otherwise completely Looney Tunes week, which is that the president gave a bizarre bizarre speech at the Boy Scout Jamboree in West Virginia in front of a crowd of teens and preteens, thousands and thousands of them gathered around the country for to celebrate the Boy Scout values of loyalty and service. I, I mean, he gave a political speech. He talked speech. all about loyalty and service. He was right on message. He talked about the size of the crowd. He talked about his wins in, in Michigan urged them to, you know, pressure the West Virginia senator to vote for health care reform. He told a totally incoherent, bizarre story about some other real estate developer. I really didn't get that, but it's... Who, who made a lot of money and partied on yachts? Was that yeah, the part? Yeah, yeah. It was totally strange and salacious. And he would, it seemed like he wanted to tell some dirty parts of the story and then somehow withheld. It was just a completely inappropriate speech. So there were parts of the text which were your usual anodyne. You, you know, be be true and uh, be helpful and courteous parts of it. But then he veered away from his text in order to say this, the things that he really wanted to say, which was to talk about the size of his electoral college victory and all of that shit that he keeps talking about. Are the Boy Scouts at fault for having the president come? Should the Boy, do, do the Boy Scouts deserve some some blame for having the president come and give this bizarre speech or no? No. I mean, they've invited previous presidents. Obama had addressed them by a video conference once, right? I mean, I don't see how they're at fault for Trump's misuse of the platform when it's standard to invite a president. It would have been non-standard to assume he was going to go off the wall and disinvite him. However, now that this has happened... Other such groups with kids as their audience, now that there's like a different reality that they face because now they've been warned about what can happen. I mean, the other thing is, I don't know about you guys, the parts that were maybe most disturbing were when he kind of whipped the kids into this like crowd where they were cheering him on or, you know, denouncing whatever he wanted them to denounce as if this was like one of his Trump campaign rallies. I mean, these are kids. And of course, they're going to respond to that kind of mood and rhetoric. But that just seemed deeply chilling to me. It also seems that um, I was not a scout. My father, stepfather and father-in-law were all Eagle Scouts and they all kind of embody, they are all or were two of them passed away, but they're pretty much their whole life had a set of characteristics that would often cause other people to say, he's a Boy Scout without never, without ever knowing that they were Boy Scout. What were those characteristics? They were caring for other people, doing the right thing, having a sense of values that existed outside of the moment, showing restraint. Honesty. Honesty. 
all of those things are what the theory of the scouts is about and the and what is that what are those things come up in opposition to they come up figuratively in opposition to the roar of the crowd so when there's like everybody's doing one thing going down the lane behaving by their self impulses um and their desires you have a code that you live by because there is meaning to that that was that's the whole point of the institution and so the point of the, the very point of the institution the things that you are supposed to be inculcating so that people live you know what is it thrifty clean lives and don't give in to the impulses of the moment are being undone by the impulses of the moment it was a kind of it had that for me that extra resonance and so anyway that's is the lesson that no institution should invite the president to come give a speech that this president has now proven himself incapable of uh, displaying the restraint and dignity required of the office, and therefore he shouldn't be given that opportunity? Uh, is it that he shouldn't be invited to give speeches in front of children or vulnerable people? I mean, what what is it? Ha you know, you can't you have a I, I, I'm going to go through the next three and a half years. I'm never going to listen to a single word that Donald Trump says. I just don't. I avoid any of his public pronouncements. I avoid seeing speeches. I avoid because it just it gives me too much agita. And I know that what he that he is a outrageous person. And that to me, the thing you keep your eye on is like, what are the policies that his administration is pursuing? I mean, he's completely degraded the office and he is he's you know, he's causing ruination but i can go through the next four years without actually listening to him but should that be the policy his words were you can read them yeah but should but should this editing. be the policy of of the country as a whole like that this is a person who clearly does not you know he he doesn't have the ability to behave himself in public in a way that comports with the requirements of the office and therefore we should not look at him in public we shouldn't we should just you know attempt to block that out or is it our responsibility to keep looking at it and, and you know, and, and hold him accountable when he says the outrageous things, when he talks about his electoral victory, uh, when he when he whips up a crowd of Boy Scouts that we should be outraged by it and should condemn him, even though we know the condemnation will not do anything because he will just go out and do it again? Well, I definitely think if you run an organization involving children, this should give you pause about inviting Trump to address kids. Beyond that, I feel very torn about this. On the one hand, you know, as I think we've discussed before, one of the profound problems with this presidency to me is that it is taking up so much brain space and causing emotional distress and anxiety. And I long for the luxury of just ignoring most of what happens in Washington because you figure like it'll basically be okay and they'll get their acts together. I don't feel that way anymore. And I resent that. And I don't feel like I can ignore it, though I share your aversion to the like video and audio um, of it. On the other hand, it is true that if we ignored it, it would have less power. And this is sort of reminds me of the conversation about, you know, having provocateurs come and speak on campus, like Milo, what's his name and Ann Coulter. If nobody goes to hear them, then it doesn't really matter what they say. And that takes power away from them. On the third hand, I think I'm going to land here. He's the president. Like, right. we can't ignore him. We elected him. And it has more to do with figuring out what to do about him than it does with the sort of illusion that we can ignore him. I feel like I come back to, I think everything you say uh, is exactly right. I feel like I come back to the view that 
because there are so many instances like this that that we that one thing that's required is to, to stay away from wolf cryism, which is to really try not to get ahead of the facts, to try to not be hyperbolic, which is a, a constant struggle on that latter front for me, because there's going to be a lot of this and being really clear about where the departure is here uh, and why the departure matters in the moment and in the future keeps it kind of antiseptic as opposed because there's so much hysterical um and I have, have spent time with talking to them and I have there were there was this in the Obama years too where people I would talk to would have just free association uh, uh anxiety about the president and that is what's debilitating and you don't want your analysis of something to happen to get in, to to get bled into that other thing okay last word to John there Goodbye, Slate Plus. I'll see you in the overnight. See you later, Slate Plus. <laughs> Smooth jazz with David Plotz. <laughs> the David Plotz bedroom voice. Do you remember billions. W- was it WKYS in DC had um, Donnie Simpson? Donnie Simpson, but what was the thing they did um, at night? Quiet Storm. Quiet Storm. Quiet Storm. Quiet storm. I do think that, that that's, that's my alternative. The Quiet Storm. Unfortunately, I loathe that kind of music. But oh man! But <laughs> growing not. up on the, growing up with the old clock radio, listening yes. to WKYS in the Quiet Storm. Oh my God! I loved my clock radio.